0: Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. The Zone. Roses
1: are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I
0: don't know how much blue sky we're going to see on this Friday, but uh, it should stay a little on the drier side. Morning, everybody. How you doing? Farm Director Pam Yonke welcoming you in. Rainfall reporters, let's get busy. I know that most of you probably ended up with at least a little rain in that rain gauge. Let me know how much. The talk text rain report line, 877-301-FARM. That's 877 877- Three zero one three two seven six. Let me know how soggy you are this morning. Today it looks like we are going to dry out. Partly sunny skies are expected, but we're going to be cooler today than we were yesterday. Probably only in the upper fifties today. Tonight we'll get down to the mid thirties. Uh, tomorrow. Partly sunny skies, but again, a 30% chance of rain on Saturday. 44 are high. Sunday, partly sunny and 46. Monday, partly sunny and 53. And then, don't you know it, right back into a wet pattern Tuesday of next week. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, brings us details on that. As the weather warms
2: up and we get excited to really start our outdoor projects, it's really important to take time and recognize that April is deer safety month. So if you're fencing, installing a mailbox tilling your garden, whatever that project may be, it's really important to stop and think before you start digging. I'm Charity Sebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Chad Kruger with the Diggers Hotline joins us with tips, or rather steps that you need to take before using that pulse hole digger or whatever it is that you're doing to get your project done this spring.
3: A lot of the services that we depend on day-to-day, natural gas in some areas provides heat to our homes, electricity powers a lot of the gadgets we use, fiber optic lines, other communication lines keep us in touch with people. These are all things in the ground, water, sewer, uh, all of these services are in the ground, and they can all risk being damaged if you dig without knowing what's in the ground.
2: How far down are these lines, pipes, or wires?
3: You know, that's one of the things that a lot of people think, you know, I'm not digging that deep, it doesn't matter, I'm, not going, I'm only going down a few inches, but that's not the way this process works. It doesn't matter how deep you're digging. Some of these lines are inches, sometimes less than inches below the surface. Anytime you disturb the soil, you really have to know what's below in the ground.
2: What are the consequences of hitting a line? Obviously, there's you know the life threatening danger that can cause depending on what you're hitting, but there's also financial danger and potential law breaking, right?
3: Yes, contacting the Diggers Hotline before digging and disturbing the soil is part of the law, and there's a process to enforce that law. But I think the most important things we're talking about here are the safety aspect and the financial aspect. If you damage a buried line, you're responsible to pay for that. The owner of that line will charge you to repair it. Sometimes those expenses get in the tens of thousands of dollars. Thirty, forty thousand $40,000 for a fiber optic line is not unheard of. I think safety is the most important part here. You don't want to put a shovel through an electric line. You don't want to damage a natural gas line and have that product in the air where it could ignite. Just these kinds of things are so dangerous, it's really important just to avoid it at all costs and contact Digger's Hotline before starting that project.
2: And it really doesn't take much time out of your day to make that phone call. And as you mentioned, step one is calling Digger's Hotline. So what should people know then about the service that you guys provide?
3: It's a free service. We're open 24-7. We're, we're, all of our staff is based in Wisconsin. Uh, we're a non-profit. We take information from people who are planning on digging. We send that information on to the right utilities, the correct utilities close to that job site. We take phone calls 24-7, but more and more people are using our website to start this process as well at diggershopline.com. Fill out an online form, and that's the quickest way to get this process started.
2: How soon, after somebody reaches out to you, what is the turnaround time for you to come out and check that, To make sure it's safe for them to dig so how soon i guess should they be planning ahead to call you to make sure that they have enough time to get their project finished
3: you absolutely have to plan ahead with this process we require three working days the state law requires three working days from the time you contact us until the utilities can get out there and mark and until you're cleared legally to dig in that three working days We are going to send information about your digging project to the correct utilities close to your area. Those utilities send someone out, and those utilities will mark where their buried lines are. So those three working days are important to allow the utilities to have time to go out there and mark their lines.
2: And speaking of marking those lines, what do the different colors mean when a utility person comes out and does mark those lines? And is it really important to know what these differences or just know, hey, I see that, let me just stay away from it?
3: So I, I think you can go both ways. If you know there's a utility line there, I don't think it's important to know what it is necessarily. You can just stay away from it. You know that you want to plant a tree, but you see the utility line is over there. So maybe you put the tree in the other side of the yard. I think that's one way you can do it. I think another way is to identify exactly what those lines are. Each color does have a, uh, it's part of a code. It represents a type of utility. Red's going to be for electric. Yellow is going to be for natural gas. Orange is going to be for communication lines. Those are the main ones. There's also blue for water, green for sewer. There's a list on our website, diggershotline.com, of the color code and what those colors mean. But I think the important thing here is just to know that there are utility lines where the paint and the flags are And you have to stay at least 18 inches away from those lines as you're digging.
2: So in a worst case scenario, what happens if someone does hit a line? Then what? What are the next steps? I guess what happens from there?
3: So if you do happen to hit a line, I think the most important thing is if it's an emergency situation, if it's a dangerous situation, contact 911. Get the proper authorities out there. If it's not an emergency situation, it's very important to contact the owner of that utility, the owner of that line, to let them know what happened so they can start the repair process on their end because it's a lot easier to handle it right away than to damage a line, cut a line, and then weeks or months later go back and repair it at that time.
2: Is there a proper way to dig near a line? Is it a full-on shovel or a post-hole digger or are you supposed to use just a small little handheld shovel when you're getting really close? So I guess what is the proper protocol there?
3: So if you're digging within 18 inches of the paint or the flags that mark where a utility line is, you have to use hand tools. So nothing powered, nothing uh, nothing heavy-duty. Use hand tools and dig carefully, knowing that there's a line close to where you're digging. Once you dig down you see that line, um, you can use power digging equipment within 12 inches of that line once you see it in the ground. But other than that, you can't use power digging equipment within 18 inches of a paint flag or a paint mark or a flag on the ground, and you can't use power digging equipment within 12 inches of an exposed utility line that you can see in the ground.
2: How often is the digger's hotline utilized? or Do you have any numbers potentially of how many calls you get a year or a month or geographical type statistics of how often it's being utilized?
3: Digger Topline took over 900,000 locate requests last year, and that's from professional excavators, big construction companies, but it's also from homeowners as well. We do cover the entire state of Wisconsin, and I think the most important thing to remember is a lot of people a lot of people who own homes don't think about Digger's Hopline before they do some of these projects, planting a tree or putting, replacing a mailbox or even setting up a garden in your backyard. A lot of people think the lines are deeper than they are. A lot of people just don't think in these terms. But Digger's Hopline is required for all of these projects, and it's a free service. And I think it's very important to keep this front of mind anytime you're using a shovel or a post hole digger or anything like that as you're working in your yard because if you hit a line in the ground, it's either going to be expensive or it's going to be dangerous. And this is something that can be prevented.
2: That was Chad Kruger with Diggers Hotline. Remember, it is the law. You need to call 811 before you dig, and that helps you to avoid tragedy, any financial stress, or legal consequences. You can also file a request online at diggershotline.com. All you'll need is information on the dig site location, the type of work that you're going to be doing, and the best contact information. They also have many helpful tips on their website for planting trees or gardens, or installing mailboxes and fences, or whatever your spring project may be. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seabacker.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
4: Create
5: the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway.
6: With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors.
1: I'm Mike Yenser at WiseWay Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Oconomowoc.
4: See how our do-it-yourself products
1: might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the Wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com.
7: While you spent
0: a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman membership and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result.
6: Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit W.E.DaviesRemodeling.com.
7: Matthew.
0: Uh, Oh, sorry.
7: It's okay. I just need you to listen to me.
0: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you, and what you say really does matter to me.
8: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and
4: I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad for talking and preparing me for what's
0: ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan.
8: Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations.
7: Thank you for
0: talking.
1: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young.
0: Boy, and coming up, uh, you got to check out our website a little bit later this morning, uh, MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Got a story from the Wisconsin Towns Association about a fertilizer uh, delivery that went awry in the town of Farmington, which is apparently just outside of La Crosse. The uh, tender driver wanted to cross a bridge that was less than 20 feet in length and it collapsed under the fertilizer tender box. So uh, I, I, nobody injured, but you can bet scared the daylights out of them. And Stu Muckag, meteorologist, it's just another example of, man, we got some compromised infrastructure out there in rural Wisconsin. The roads, the bridges, stuff like that. Don't need to report on those kinds of stories very often, I'm hoping.
5: No, no, that doesn't sound like any fun. And, of course, it's going to cost a lot to get put back into service. And that's a big problem.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this is just the beginning. I mean, we're trying to get the seed out. We're trying to get that fertilizer delivered pretty quick if these weather conditions turn around. We're going to have a lot of heavy equipment that's out there pounding up and down on those roads, too.
5: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody's now, you know, ready to go. They maybe got a couple of hours in or a day or so here last week. Now they're just chomping at the bit. Want to get going The weather may finally start to cooperate as we head through the weekend, but probably not in the fashion that a lot of folks are hoping for. Low pressure is way off to our north, up around northeast Minnesota this morning. Well, that doesn't sound like such a great break because there's still snow and even some rain. Rain toward the Twin Cities, snow further north and eastern up to northeast Minnesota. Snow back in North Dakota, far northwest Minnesota. Wisconsin has gotten a bit more quiet. But I don't think we're going to be through. In fact, during the day today, with that low just off to the high and uh, to the north that is, and the cool front just pulling through into Lower Michigan and Indiana, we most likely are going to talk about a little precipitation chance that tries to return. It could even be very late this afternoon at Lacrosse and toward evening at Boston. Late tonight, then, as it pushes east and just into the day tomorrow in Eastern Wisconsin, not a big deal. Some light snow. That should be about the extent of it, but there may be just a little light snow, you know, maybe enough to catch on the grass once again. That's about it, but we're going to see as this low pressure system does move east, just that light precipitation and a reinforcement of some colder air. Temperatures did warm up pretty nicely yesterday for most of us. In fact, uh, in some cases, a little above normal, like Madison, which officially hit 70. But we're not going to do that today. Stays a lot cooler. Gets cooler then for Saturday and Sunday. In fact, mid or upper 40s is about the most we can hope for. Oh, something like 10 degrees cooler than normal as we head through the weekend. It does dry out. and In fact, a little more sunshine more likely on toward Monday. But as we move on into next week and those temperatures start to moderate and we get those feelings like spring is trying to show back up, as we move toward wednesday another chance of a little rain may develop i don't expect it to amount to much but a bit of a rain chance toward midweek may mean things stay just a little moist and that may be enough to hold those temperatures a little closer to normal so we don't see a big warm-up there either in fact wednesday and thursday back into the upper 50s back where about we should be those lows are the normal highs They have been pushing up, currently 59 at Madison, 62 at La Crosse. That's a normal daytime high, so we've got a ways to go, and it's going to be hard to come by even as we head on into next week. Fortunately enough, the drier conditions are going to show up. That sounds like great news, just that small chance of a little snow here as we wrap up this week, start into the weekend, and then a little drier right on toward the mid part of next week. I'll have forecast details right after this.
0: Explore the West with me. I'm Pam Yankee inviting you to join us on our next agriculture adventure, August 14th through the 23rd, Glacier, Yellowstone, and Grand Tetons, the ultimate northern Rockies tour with agricultural highlights that take us to a hops farm, a cattle ranch, and a dairy farm. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword PAM, to learn more about this tour and watch a travel show. Or call 888-557-1020 for brochure.
1: Rural Mutual
9: Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
10: You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer. But did you know they also offer a competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more.
9: Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
0: Thank you to our rainfall reporters for checking in. I appreciate Linda from Reeseville. She said she had about two-tenths of an inch of rain yesterday. Dan from Caledonia, Illinois, about four-tenths of an inch of rain. Up by Elto, about two-tenths of an inch of rain. Two, you mentioned that Madison hit uh, 70 yesterday. I was outside playing with the hounds, and I have to admit, it was sticky. It, the humidity was really an issue yesterday. Does that tell us something about the weather changing?
5: Well, it tells us we've got a lot of moisture around, no doubt about that. I do expect though, as the winds become more west and northwest into the weekend, we're not going to talk so much about humidity, but a cooler, drier pattern. I think that really starts to settle in. I've got a couple other rain pulp reports. Uh, Madison, 900 hundredths of an inch. Lacrosse Crosse, forty-two of an inch. A tenth of an inch officially at Madison. My friend John over near the eastern Fond du Lac County border, a quarter inch, and he had a little pea-sized hail in there as well. We're going to hear about some of that with some of the storms that rolled through. But today, some sunshine. It sounds great. Breezy, mid-50s, and southwest winds 5 to 15 could gust near 35. Could be a little brief light rain or snow at La Crosse by late today. Mostly cloudy overnight, and we drop down toward freezing low 30s. The west winds 5 to 15, that very small chance of light precipitation in the west. Mostly cloudy on Saturday. And that possibility of a little snow shower slipping from west to east in the state. Don't expect it to amount to much. Just a little snow. The high only in the lower mid 40s, if you will. 44, 45, the best we may hope for. West winds at 5 to 15. Sunday, still some clouds getting sunnier in the west. Again, that uh, mid or upper 40s. Northwest winds 5 to 15. At least with some sun Monday, Pam, I'd expect we'll be in the low 50s. But just not going to warm up in a big hurry like you may hope.
0: Mm, I don't like the idea of snow. That's a little depressing, no matter where you are. Well, really light stuff. It's going to be kind of pretty. Now, oh no, it's not. Not in April. It's not pretty. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. You can't put that much lipstick on this pig. It's it is what it is. We'll see what we yeah. see what we get, and I'll talk to you on Monday. All right. All right. See you then. <laughs> Stumach, ag meteorologist with that weather forecast for you. I know. Don't shoot the messenger, right? It's all brought to you courtesy of our friends from Compure Financial. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit compure.com. Hope you'll visit our website, midwestfarmreport.com. I'm going to try to get more details up on that story about the fertilizer tender truck that collapsed a bridge yesterday near La Crosse.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: When it's time to get ready for spring, Blaine's Farm and Fleet is there to help with big savings on trusted brands like GPI. Right now, save $40 on an Easy 8 12-volt DC 8-gallons-per-minute transfer pump on sale two ninety nine ninety nine. dollars 99 Keep your engine running smooth and clean with JTH Super Heavy Duty Diesel Oil, a 5-gallon pail, just $79.99 after $20 mail-in rebate. And pick up a 1,000-pound capacity swivel
11: jack from Kurt. It's $59.99. Find value at Blaine's Farm
12: and
9: Fleet.
11: Can you predict the future? I can't. That's why when I'm planting soybeans, I treat with Heads Up Seed Treatment. With more than 15 years of research, Heads Up offers proven protection against both white mold and sudden death syndrome. So no matter what the year throws at you, you've already taken that first step to be prepared. Don't let your beans suffer from disease when they're just starting to look their best. Tell your seed dealer you need Heads Up Seed Treatment. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com.
12: It's Preston from Window World. Over the past 15 years, Window World has donated more than $15 million to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. We have also supported the Veterans Airlift Command with over 120 flights. We have a strong belief in giving back and want to thank everyone who has chosen Window World for their home's renovation. When you go with Window World, you're doing a lot more than remodeling. Call us today.
7: Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare Minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsalkprairie.com.
11: You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have one hundred ninety thousand dollars in total compensation or be twenty nine thousand dollars in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Lyuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to lyunaWisconsin.org/join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. Legacy Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Roofing windows, gutters, siding, and decks. Can Legacy do it? You bet. Better prices, better warranties. Legacy always makes it easy. Go to Legacy-Exteriors.com. Legacy Exteriors. Up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home
9: this looks like a car it has tires headlights a hood windshield wipers the doors look like car doors open like them too there's a front seat and back seat steering wheel 99.9 percent of the time this would be a car But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers,
5: like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake.
11: Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com we'll make sure you get five star service times auto center get getter
1: getter to get you going guys
11: off highway 51 in Mcfarland a stone's throw from McDonald's
10: Rob Reichel joining us right now Robbie the packers and this is not a you know an Aaron Rodgers jets packers thing well, the packers never drafted a first round pick uh, for a skill position for Aaron Rodgers hell so you got to go all the way back to what javon walker um 2001 What do the Packers do with that 15th pick? Besides, I know you brought up the the trade back, but if they do stand pat at 15, are they getting a skill position like a tight end that everyone's talking about? Or uh, Rowdy, what did you say yesterday about an unsexy thing?
12: Yeah, I could see offensive line, Rob, because you probably are going to want to find an offensive tackle that you can groom because David Bakhtiari probably not going to be there in two seasons. I wouldn't be surprised if they fell in love with a safety because it's not a deep safety draft. Hell, we've seen Brian Gutekunst fall in love with an edge, and this is a pretty deep edge draft with some talent. I, it's it's going to be a crazy draft for the Packers, and I think they're one of the most unpredictable teams going into the draft.
10: Well, I agree with you, Nelly, and it's because they have so many needs. I mean, in all my years of doing this, I, I don't remember a year where they maybe had quite this many needs where, you know, that they, they really need to find three or four starters, I think, you know, out of this draft. I, I don't think it'll be offensive line. Nelly. I, I do think that's one position there. They're in pretty good shape at, I, I think their future left tackle is already on the roster and Elton Jenkins. And I think, you know, a year from now, if they move on, let's say from David Bakhtiari, Jenkins just slides over a spot the way, the way they structured his contract guys, um, and Elton Jenkins' representatives were really smart with this. Um, and, and trust me, Elton Jenkins is going to want to play left tackle. His salary jumps dramatically uh, down the road if, if he winds up moving spots and goes from from left guard or right tackle or wherever they put him. I mean, he's going to be the left guard. You know, He's played some right tackle in the past. Um, but if he slides over and plays that left tackle spot, um, he's going to make a lot more money doing so. And it's also, Nellie, just it's not a good year. For offensive linemen, we've we we've seen Gutekunst, um the past three years load up, and he's taken three offensive linemen every single year. Well, the the good thing with that Nelly is, even though they've taken some hits and lost the Brian Balagas and Corey Lindsleys and um, you know Billy Turners and guys like that over the last few seasons, they 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 do still have I would consider seven potential starters on the roster with you know, Bakhtiari and Jenkins and, and Myers and Runyon and Yash Neisman and Zach Tom and, and even Royce Newman, who started his whole rookie year there. I mean, there's some depth there, even Jake Hanson and Sean Ryan who was a third last year. They they've got people on, on the offensive line. Um, you're right. Nelly the safety is not good um, on that roster right now. I'm they, I mean, are, are they really going to run it back again with Darnell Savage and, and take that chance. I guess if they had to play a game tomorrow, the answer is probably yes. You know, but you might be able to find a a safety a a, a little bit deeper in the draft. I I still think it comes down to wide receiver, tight end, defensive end, or, or edge rusher. And, and, you know, it's crazy. You know, they've taken defense 10 of the last 11 years in round one. Um, it, 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 it is a real misnomer. Uh, when when people throw it out there and say they never got Aaron Rodgers a first round wide receiver or a first round tight end, it isn't like they ignore, ignored the position because they what they went heavy at that at those skill spots in rounds two and three for Rodgers all, all those years. You know, taking you know even as far back as oh six, they they took Greg Jennings and then they took James Jones and and then they took an oh eight Jordy Nelson and and they took Randall Cobb for him in round two of of 2011 and jermichael finley was in there i think it's a third rounder in 08 and on and on and on with Devonte adams and you know 14 and stuff like that so they, they all the way through now was it round one no but they got some stud wide receivers for aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers had far better weapons to work with the overwhelming majority of his career than brett Favre ever did so i i you know i i don't want to hear any of that stuff <laughs> now do they do they do they need some wide receivers right now for jordan love absolutely all they have is you know, the two rookies really from last year with Watson and Dubs, uh, you know, coming back who who have done much of anything in the league. And they both only had about 40 catches last year. And they're desperate for a tight end, too. So, uh, Nellie, I think if I had to throw a few bucks on it, I think even though defensive end and outside linebacker are, are definitely critical needs, Brian Gunekunst has just way too much right now invested with moving on here to Jordan Love um from aaron Rodgers, that that i think he's going to go skill position for the quarterback right away um and take a wide receiver a tight end at 15 if that's where he winds
1: up staying hang on to your tractors here's another update this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Well, with the forecast I'm looking at, I can almost guess what our planting numbers are going to look like next week from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service. How you doing, everybody? Welcome in. Fabulous farm babe. Pam Youngke along with you. Yeah, today we are going to dry out just a little bit, but it's cooler. 58 are expected high today. Tomorrow, about a 30% chance of rain in 44. Sunday, Sunday dry and 46. Monday, dry and 53. But then it looks like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, more rain rain in the forecast. Glad you're with us. Uh, Stick around. Stephanie Hoff is going to be joining us this morning talking about video surveillance on the farm. It's not just about keeping track of people. It does more than that. She'll explain. And we're not necessarily world-class when it comes to rodeos, but I'll tell you what, there's a father-son team out of Marshfield you're going to want to know about when it comes to their rodeo partnership. Stick around. Carrie Mess has that story in just a moment. All right, so today is the 21st day of April. For our Wisconsin highlights, this is a happy birthday day for John Muir. He was born in Dunbar, Scotland, came to Wisconsin in 1849, and spent his youth on his father's farm in Marquette County. He wrote a book, The Story of My Boyhood and Youth. After leaving Marquette County, he ended up in California, where he became a very much respected conservationist, a leader in forest preservation. His work ultimately led to the first of the national parks they saved California's redwoods and helped to found the Sierra Club, a name known by many, John Muir, born on this day back in 1838. On this day in 1934, what they call the surgeon's photo that supposedly showed the Loch Ness Monster, they published it in the Daily Mail. Well, in reality, it's, it's kind of a toy submarine with a head and neck on it made out of wood putty. But, you know, it got enough attention in the Daily Mail That Loch Ness Monster picture published on this day in 1934. On this day in 1918, the Red Baron was killed. Manfred von Richthofen was a legendary German fighter pilot. He earned his nickname by achieving 80 air combat victories in World War I. Shot down and killed during combat at the age of 25. I didn't know that. Red Baron killed at the age of 25. After 37 weeks, Thriller. Michael Jackson's album knocked off the top on this day back in 1984. Guess which movie soundtrack replaced it? Footloose. And now you know. Well, like I said, we had the privilege and opportunity just a week ago to host the Midwest Horse Fair at the Lion Energy Center grounds in Madison. Aside from giving an educational experience to a lot of visitors, it also gave people a chance to try out their rodeo skills. And that included a father-son team from Marshfield. Carrie Mess has more.
8: When it comes to rodeo, Wisconsin may not reach the level of Wyoming or Texas, but that doesn't mean we don't have some great rodeos to go to. Chad Guckenberger is from Marshfield, Wisconsin. He competes in team roping, and his 19-year-old son, Justin, is his roping partner. They have competed in and supported rodeo in Wisconsin across all levels, from the Little Riches to junior high and high school rodeo onto the professional levels. So with all of their time spent at rodeos, I had to ask the team what their list of can't-miss rodeos are here in the state.
6: Oh, if you want to go see the, the high school finals in the middle of June there at Richland Center, I would recommend that. It's a good family sport. You'll see the kids from freshmen to seniors trying to fight it out to get to the finals, which this year I believe is in Gillette, Wyoming. And um, it's a pretty, it's like going to any high school sport watching the final, final four or the final sections. It's kind of fun to go watch. Um, Another one is Amherst, Uh, they kind of got an LBW finals if you really want to get down on the age and get to the six year olds and start watching some younger ones. That's um, later in the year, but they kind of have a finals and kind of go through all their events and then have a short round as well. And then you get into the PRCA's highly recommended is, you know, in the summer, July 4th weekend's a big one. is always there shooting off their fireworks and having their chicken feed. And um, Spooner, you can never forget that one. And Iron River, Michigan, they're probably the big ones in the Great Lakes that are always fun. And Maryland one will be kicking off here, too. Um, they've done a lot of a lot of changes to the grounds and it tends to be a pretty good ch- entertainment for the family to go out to see.
8: And how about you, Justin? What are your can't-miss rodeos? Toma High School one's coming up in
6: a couple weeks here, that's I think the first week of May and that's one of the best ones because normally it snows most of the time there and it's always fun to start off with, good old Toma High School rodeo. There is Arcadia, Wisconsin, that is the junior high state finals and that's starts on a Friday night and that, I think that's the first week of June and that's where the fifth through eighth graders compete for the top four in Wisconsin.
8: That was Chad and Justin Guckenberger, father and son, Team Ropers from Marshfield. I've got links to the schedules for all the different rodeo associations on our website, so be sure to check out midwestfarmreport.com to find out more. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Yellowstone Glacier National Park in the
0: Grand Tetons. That's where we're headed next on our agriculture adventure. Hi, everybody. I'm PM Yankee inviting you to join us August 14th through the 23rd. We'll start in Montana, where we make our first agriculture stop at Big Sky Orchards and take a tour of this family-run hops farm. In Glacier National Park, we board classic red vintage touring cars for an exciting drive along the park's famous Going to the Sun Road. Later, we spend time in both Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons National Parks, taking in the magnificent beauty. In Wyoming, we visit Mead Ranch, where the Mead family has raised cattle on the same land in Jackson Hole for over 100 years. And lastly, we stop at the Monk Family Farm, a dairy located in Utah's beautiful Cache Valley. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword PAM, to learn more about this tour and watch a travel show or call 888 557 Ten twenty for a free brochure i'd love to have you join us
1: where are you getting your fertilizer this year just about anywhere you look it's going to cost more and you may even find it's harder to get when you need it it sure would be nice to have a better source of crop nutrients believe it or not you do it's your soil Source from Sound Agriculture unlocks more of the nutrients already in your fields, so you can add less fertilizer while getting the yield you're counting on. It's such a solid backup plan, you'll probably find yourself wondering why Source wasn't the plan all along. Visit Sound.egg to learn more.
0: Well, we know conversations are underway in Washington, D.C. on the future of the Farm Bill, and this time around, Wisconsin's got a voice. Don't forget, Wisconsin Representative Derek Van Orden sits on the House Agriculture Committee, and he says he's taking these responsibilities seriously. He says the House Agriculture Committee is going cross-country, getting input from farmers on what they believe works and doesn't work in the farm bill, and he wants to make sure that he's holding up his end of the deal. Van Norton says dairy has been very vocal in both Wisconsin and New York, and he says he's planning on trying to schedule a farm bill hearing in District 3.
12: The last time we got together to speak to our farmers was actually about a month and a half ago in Wisconsin. It's folks are very concerned about regulation and how it's affecting our farming. They're worried about dairy pricing. I just got back from New York of all places and they've got a bunch of dairy farms. But it's the same types of issues with the farm bill coming up. G.T. Thompson's the chairman, he will be coming to the district with some other members of the agriculture committee and we're working out the timing for that now. We're still in the process of actually just listening to what worked and trying to figure out what needs improvement. And that's gonna be a continuous process until we, we actually sit down to start crafting this bill.
0: That's Representative Derek Van Orden from Wisconsin, a member of the House Agriculture Committee. He says when he schedules that farm bill listening session in District 3, he plans to invite House Ag Committee Chair G.T. Thompson. Markets yesterday in Chicago finished lower. December corn was down a nickel at 557. November beans lost 8 at $13 July wheat was down 13 at 680. Barrel cheese on Thursday was up a penny and a half at 154 and a half. 40 pounds block cheese down a penny and a half at 174 and a half. Double a butter dropped 3 quarters of a cent to 239 and a half per pound. May milk was up 8 at 1743 weight. Coming up next, talking a little bit about video surveillance on the farm. It's not just about monitoring people. Stephanie Hoff joins us.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
7: I think the collaboration that we see between Wisconsin Farm Bureau and these other commodity groups gives us a cohesive message, a singular stance in agriculture that offers credibility. It gives us a cohesive message and support for all of our agricultural organizations.
10: WFBF.com
7: It's easy to join
9: A voice for farmers A vision for agriculture Wisconsin Farm Bureau
12: Hi, it's Preston from Window World Today's story comes to us from a frustrated homeowner Mother Nature was crafty Her plan was plotted My windows are drafty They're broken and rotted I need new windows installed the right way I want the best quality And can't overpay window world's process was easy and seamless best decision ever boy i'm a genius
9: you know
12: call window world today and be your story's hero are you a
11: non-union construction tradesperson proud of what you do did you know you're worth so much more than what you're bringing home today put the power of liuna union labor to work for you when you join liuna you get the pay you deserve Plus, pension and health care benefits above and beyond your compensation. That's zero deductions for pension and health care benefits with LiUNA. Because you're worth it. Learn more at lyunawisconsinorg slash join.
8: The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate.
1: Here, money grows in rows. This is the Midwest Farm Report.
4: Surveillance cameras on the farm are doing more than just giving you a sense of security. I'm Stephanie Hoff. Egg Video Surveillance in Beaver Dam is seeing a growing interest in using surveillance for better farm management. Jason Nesradi tells me more about the trends that he's seeing in farm security and the logistics required to install video surveillance. He says dairy is his leading customer, but he works with agribusinesses across the board.
13: So my primary customers are, are in the ag business, uh, and that can be a, you know any one of a number of, of different uh, types of farms. Uh, dairy is pretty much my leading customer or my customer base. I would say probably about uh, 70% of my work is dairy-related. Then I probably about 10 or 15 into grain uh, or shops, egg, you know, custom farms, stuff like that. And then the remainder's uh, scattered out a little bit uh, across other things. Uh, it could be anywhere from egg tourism to doctor's offices, fitness centers, everything. So I do a little bit of, of standard commercial, some private homes, not not too often, but I still do. But uh, the bulk of my work is, is, is in the dairy industry.
4: Why do people get surveillance?
13: Uh, it can be a number of reasons. Most people, I think, you know, associate security cameras with security. And to a certain extent, that is true. That That is the majority. But I would say in the, in the dairy industry, at least, the trend right now really is to hone down their process, quality control and training, cost savings, all kinds of different things. It, it's it's far beyond uh, just the security aspect. It is much more in the process monitoring now.
4: Can you give me an example of how people have used video surveillance for better farm management or quality control?
13: The biggest one uh, is in the in the parlors and getting consistency across shifts as a training tool. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the majority of the larger farms now are milking three times a day, and usually that night shift crew is harder to staff or it has a higher turnover rate. Uh, So you're doing a lot more training on there, and obviously uh, the majority of the farmers are up during the day, not at night. So, you know, they're getting trained during the day, moving them crews around. But the camera systems help them to maintain the consistency and make sure procedures are being followed 24-7.
4: And as you said, the other reason for farms to invest in security cameras is for safety. Do people tend to reach out to you after a problem has happened or after a big news story comes out about a farm being attacked?
13: I'd say it's about 50-50 it's split. Sometimes there'll be an incident on the farm, regardless of what it is. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe something got damaged. Something got stolen. Just just in general, something bad happened. Then they'll reach out to me. But then there's also the other 50% that they hear about something bad happening and they want to be preemptive. And and that can be a, a number of different things. I would say like four or five years ago, there was that short, short period in a year there where there was people kind of infiltrating farms to, to get video and things like that, and and some customers were concerned about that, so they kind of wanted to, you know, make sure that they knew exactly what was going on in their operation, but for the most part, I'd say it's probably split
4: 50-50. What type of surveillance options are out there for farms to consider?
13: For the most part, you know, there there can be uh, numerous things. We can do farm-wide or close closed circuit, you know, and hook up to the Wi-Fi and get it on their phones. That's the path that the majority of the farmers select. So basically come in, you set up a network, put the cameras on there and then get it tied into the internet so they can see it wherever they go. And then some being rural, high speed internet isn't always readily available or at least not as nice as we'd like it to be. So there's sometimes when it's just closed circuit and it just works locally. All my cameras are hardwired, uh, typically with a with a hard metal buildings, that that's about your best option. A lot of times there's wireless products out there, but it's just too difficult to get them wireless signals around in the metal buildings on the farm.
4: So you don't need a separate room with TVs showing everything on your cameras anymore? It can all be done by your smartphone?
13: For the most part, yes. And that, I would say probably about 80% of my customers are happy with just the smartphone. They don't even need a monitor. Now, some of the larger operations where there's pretty much somebody in the office Most of the day, those farms tend to choose to have a monitor there, so that way the the farm manager can see what's going on um, while he's in the office all day handling the paperwork.
4: What type of infrastructure does a farm need to have in place before installing egg video surveillance? Do they need to have broadband access? Do they need to have an adequate power source to be able to handle the loads that egg video surveillance requires?
13: That's one of the things I do when I give them an estimate. I'll come through and I'll kind of analyze what infrastructure is in place. And then I will note that when I give them my proposal. Uh, A lot of times it's usually just an outlet here or an outlet there. Uh, My systems usually only require one outlet per building. And then I wire low voltage out from there to the cameras. If there is Internet there, I'll assess, you know, if it's adequate. Or tell them maybe sometimes it's just uh, updating a plan or sometimes it's even, you know, changing the provider. A lot of times I'll do that as a courtesy. If their inter- current internet is not adequate, I'll search around because I have a few connections. And it, it's easier for me a lot of times just to make the, the calls and I can do a lot faster. And then if I do find another provider, I can refer that over to the farmer for them to make that decision.
4: How many cameras does a farm usually need?
13: That's a tough one. It's really all about what makes you feel better. Any number of farms, sometimes I go in and they're only concerned about a few things, maybe just the parlor and in watching in the milk house. And then some, they want to see everything. They want to see the maternity pens. They want to see the freestyle barn, uh, the feed alleys, calf hutches. So it's really, it's really about what the farmer wants. And I just listen to what they tell me, and, and that's how I write up my proposals.
4: What's your recommendation for where cameras should be placed?
13: Usually when I recommend camera placement, uh, I always go for the areas where they're going to get the biggest payback the fastest. And that is, you know, to, to make the camera system valuable and increase their revenue and not so much have the camera system as an expense. So like maternity pens, saving calf and cow loss, and then in the parlors, to improve the quality of the process so they can get their milk bonus.
4: Has the picture improved on cameras nowadays? It's not black and white, gritty anymore. Is, is it a pretty clear picture?
13: Oh yeah, the new digital pictures, they, they are sweet. Right now, pretty much four megapixel is the standard. That's about where your, your, your best cost option is, is a four megapixel. Um, in other terms, you can kind of convert that and call it 2K. The best picture out there right now is 4K, or that's 8 megapixel. And some some operations want that, uh, but for the most part, usually the 4 megapixel, it's a really crystal clear picture, and you can zoom in, on and uh, you can really pick up a lot of detail.
4: Do you have any success stories for us on how agriculture video surveillance has been helpful to a farm or an egg business?
13: Some of the best success stories that I've had, uh usually come from beef farmers because a lot of times when they get into the calving season and a lot of the beef operations, they, they calve in the heart of winter sometimes. They don't have to get up at 2 in the morning and put their boots on anymore. So they, they appreciate that, that they can just kind of reach over to the nightstand and grab the phone and pick it up and look at the, at the maternity pens and make sure everything's all right and know that they can go back to sleep.
4: And Jason Nasrati also says don't underestimate the benefit of peace of mind from security cameras. He says video surveillance takes additional stress off your shoulders, which sounds good as we get ready for the busy season. Jason Nasrati operates egg video surveillance out of Beaver,